This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. It's the best day of the week. Uh man, we, we can only hope that today and every day is as fun of a show as yesterday's show was uh we had uh you know the activision microsoft deal break during our show uh crossing my fingers hope we get another one today because it was a lot of fun if we don't know that's okay we have other things to talk about we're going to talk about sofi that you're coming to you live from downtown detroit this is benzinga's pre-market prep all right you guys know joel is still on vacation so i gotta bring on my man dennis dennis good morning how how was your day how was the, the overnight session for you uh, it was okay. It was uh, choppy again. Same thing we're seeing today. Yep. Choppy. I mean, this is the word of 2022. Chop. You're buying dips. You're selling rips. You're shorting rips. You're buying dips. And that is what you're doing until further notice if you want to make money in this choppy market, not the market to chase in. Yep. So uh, in terms of just overall markets here, you can see the SPY. We know we have bounced this morning in, in the pre-market session. That that kind of goes every market's pointing the same way this morning. And it was uh, it, and it's 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 a bounce from yesterday's weakness. Right. The QQQs look exactly the same. Heck, even the Russell, which got punished yesterday, uh, down three uh, percent. Let's just zoom out on the Russell for a second, because, like, look at this chart. And I, know I it really looks it looks bad. I mean, we we broke down yesterday, you know, below those series. We had a series of lows in the same area uh, going back to, you know, uh, basically a year ago. And uh, this chart does not look good, to be clear. So, um, yeah, chop fest. It, that's how it's been in the Russell. That's how it is in the spot. It's how it is. How it's going to continue to be. Yep. Um, everything this morning kind of pointing higher, right? Crypto pointing higher, which, by the way, Bitcoin has also had a pretty brutal strike here. Uh, we haven't talked about that too much. Um, everything just broadly pointing higher here. But yeah, here's that crypto. Look at that crypto move the last few months. Ouch. Uh, par for the course, honestly. Uh, it looks like a horrible chart. Stop at the Bitcoin chart because I haven't looked yep. at it for a while. That is a head and shoulders sitting on the neckline ready to break. <laughs> oh, look at you. Oh, that is an ugly chart. That you. is a chart that looks like it wants to go to 30,000. Can we, so I have a small little chunk of Bitcoin left in some in one of my accounts. I should go dump that, so honestly, that just to have no Bitcoin. Yeah, let's let's overlay Ethereum here. I mean, there's it's the same thing. I should dump my Ethereum too. No, I know. I sold half the Ethereum. I wish I would have sold it all. Don't. So I sold half the Ethereum. I sold it high, like when it doubled, because we took it from like what do we buy, like twenty two hundred, and went to like forty five hundred. I sold half when it doubled because I figured that I'm playing forever with the house's money. I should have sold it all. Mistake. Should have sold the whole thing. Been rebuying. It's already come down to what? Where are we in Ethereum? Three thousand now. Yeah, I don't even know where we're at. Yeah, we're at. Uh, yeah, where are we? We're at thirty-one hundred. Give or take. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. That's a not nothingness trade, right? So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff they don't like. I think Bitcoin's the next shoe to drop. It's been, you know, people say, well, it's already dropped. It's down from sixty thousand to forty. <laughs> I mean, there's no panic in Bitcoin. They're all hodling. They're all talking yeah. and, you know, singing them by the fire with Kumbaya. There's going to be some pain there. I think there's pain coming to the hodlers. Yeah, and well, like at a certain point, 
there there gets to be panic. Where I would say maybe that doesn't happen to like twenty five thousand, honestly, or like below thirty, maybe you start. That, that's panic. why I think it's got more pain. I don't think it's going to just be oh yeah, let's just ride. The, one, the chart looks like a head and shoulders. Not that we're big pattern traders, but that looks like an ugly chart ready to fall off a cliff. <laughs> Two is we've seen so many growthy names coming down. I mean, Kathy cannot catch a bit at all. Every time you think it's going to rally, ARKK, they just pull the rug out from under it again within an hour. It's like you can't even sustain a, a rally for an hour. So, I mean, they're oversold. But Bitcoin's not oversold here. Bitcoin could just actually... I think Bitcoin could easily see 30,000. I think it could see it sooner than later. So, Bit, Bitcoin bear right here. I, I mean, look, I like I own Bitcoin in my in in like a long term. It's a long term thing. I, I don't intend to sell it. Um, I just don't know if I got suckered into the long term thing in Bitcoin because I, I, I'm a valuation guy. You are. I'm like you know like crush the numbers, put the CFA cap. That's how you kind of get into. I'll stick some little storied stocks, but most of the time, I'm a valuation guy, GARP guy, growth at a reasonable price. Bitcoin has no valuation because it's nothingness. I mean, it's digits, you know, in a screen. It has value because other people perceive it as value. I don't, I, I, I can see, you know, use cases in other countries where, you know, obviously El Salvador, other countries where, you know, inflation's running rampant and the currency's unstable and they need a stable currency. I can see that. I can also see use cases in the black market, like big time. I think that's where it came from, really. You know, like you could see, oh, transactions happening like that. So I don't think Bitcoin, you know, is a zero, like some people have been saying, but I don't know how you value it. I don't know how you just say, okay, it's worth this or it's worth this. And that's why, you know, I just, you know, and, and do I think it's going to a million or two million or five million? I don't think so, but, you know, it, it's a tough call. So that's why I was like, I want to have a little exposure. Mark Yusko talked us into it. It was great because we all bought around, uh, I, I bought around 17,000. Um, you know, and I never took any heat on it at all, like zero heat. It just that's when I had the run up to like 30 and 35. And we know when it got to 50, I sold a piece. I, and then and then I traded the majority of it over for Ethereum because I thought the use cases with Ethereum was better yeah, with the whole NFT so, stuff. Okay, yeah. So that's what you did. So great. So don't don't jump ship now. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. Stay with me here, man. I jump ships. I'll stick with some Ethereum. I'm gonna stick Thank with some you. Ethereum. I might um, sell all my Bitcoin. I might okay. sell all my Bitcoin because you know what? I'm not a hodler and I'm Can not a believer something? like a lot uh, of other people are. I could easily see. I wish I was sold it all when I was bearish at uh, 52,000. I could easily but. see a scenario where over the course of this calendar year, Bitcoin hits 30K. I think so. And, and 90K. I don't see the 90K. I think we're I, in this. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Or obviously, I would hold it. I don't know what to say. I'm very torn in a lot of things in crypto. That's why I'm not a crypto trader. Yeah. I've made three or four trades in crypto. There was a buy of Bitcoin, a buy of Ethereum, a transfer from Bitcoin to Ethereum, and then a sell of most of my Bitcoin, the extra stuff. And then I sold some Ethereum too when it doubled. So I've done a little bit of trading in it. But I, you know, I'm definitely not a crypto trader. I'm definitely not a hodler of anything. I mean, if it, you know, obviously there's been some long-term holds, but I'm not this big long-term hodler. I hold if it's got a story, story's intact. I think Bitcoin still has the story, but I think it's going to cool right. off more. So I think you're going to get a shot at 30k. Right. I'm also Just not my the, opinion. I, I'm not the best person because again, again, I don't intend to. I don't. I own 
so little of it that I don't intend to ever sell it. It's not that kind of a thing for me. But anyway, uh, let's you can say on. that, but then, you know, I own little of it compared to my overall portfolio too, but then it pisses you off when, you know, you're up a hundred percent, then you're up nothing, <laughs> you know? So even if it's like a fraction of your like, portfolio, you, you need to know that that's, that's, that's par for the course. That's the game. You, you need to know that going in. If you don't know that going <laughs> in, then, then get out honestly. But like, um, okay. That's um, their game. Mine's the trading game. No, you're right. You're right. I trade the trading game. Okay, so let's talk about the news of the day, uh, which is uh, the, the SoFi thing. All right, we get asked about this stock every single day. It is up uh, just under 18 percent now. It was up uh, more, you see, uh, a couple hours ago. Uh, if you don't know why, uh, it says it right up there on the Benzinga Pro screen. SoFi shares trading higher after the company now it received a approval to become a bank holding company yes they got the bank charter the very same charter that they uh, that they got conditional approval for uh a little over a year ago it was it was it, it was like october it was the fall of 2020 was when they got uh like the the, the prelim approval uh and, and then they had to like go through the whole process and they had to they had to acquire this other company uh that basically gave them like a path forward um and that this long-awaited approval finally came yesterday, and basically what it does is it, it, it you know, banking is so heavily regulated in the U.S. It, it gives SoFi the ability to like offer more services, and so I have two thoughts here. Uh, as far as the stock right now, as far as today's action, you can see we've already like the pre-market high is what like uh, fourteen sixty-two, and so we're already forty cents off that. Maybe we keep going, but I but I could easily see a scenario where by the end of this week we're back to twelve where where we were yesterday. I could see that scenario, no problem, right? But that does not concern me, and I will tell you why. Uh, Dennis talks all the time about value um, uh, fundamentals, right? Fundamentals matter. Fundamentals matter, and he he says that in the context of like stocks rising. Right, like if the fundamentals don't match the stock rising, then they come home to roost eventually. But the same thing applies on the way down, right? Uh, the reason, like, I'm super excited for this headline, regardless of whether the gains from this from overnight actually hold here, is because this was always the thesis. It was always if they get the bank charter, then they can it 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 opens the doors to a world of possibilities, uh, other services that they can now provide. Um, that's a fundamental story. So the stock is going to do what it's going to do. Like it's probably going to sell off because that's the market that we're in right now. But I'm okay with that because this was always the thesis, and the thesis is intact. If they did not get the charter, that's a whole different ball game. Then we probably head for the exits, right? But they did. Okay. So it, yeah, maybe it goes to 15 today. Maybe it goes to 13 today, right? Maybe it gives back half these gains. I don't know. But the thesis is intact. That's my take on so. It's great news for the stock. Um, it is a moving headline, like you said. So we'll give it that. I don't think it's going back to 12. Um, I'm not chasing something of 18% just for the simple reason is that there's, if we were in a different market environment, you know, you, you'd have a say where, okay, I think, you know, this could have some follow through, but we're just in the market environment where they fade everything. That so is, that's, they've that's already started point. fading this. I mean, this was fourteen sixty this morning. It's already starting to fade. Yeah, and Dennis, um, even imagine if it if it was a year ago. Right? Oh yeah, if, this if, thing if, could rip up to fifteen, sixteen, twenty. Twenty if we were a year. Twenty ago. easy if it was a year. Yeah, ago. yeah. we're in a, we're just not in Kansas anymore, and that's the problem. Right. Um, I'm not chasing any stock up seventeen percent because the odds are you're going to lose on that. I'm not necessarily. 
I tried shorting this actually already and it, and it just kept continuing to go higher. So I stopped myself out. Um, I, I'm, so I'm out of it now. I, I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm torn on this one. I'm not chasing it. I'm, I tried shorting it and obviously it was a short-term trade. I just thought it might stop at 14. It did not. I kept going up, stopped myself out quickly. Um, so it was short-term trade, but I'm looking at it here at 1414, up 17%, thinking it's good news. It's probably worth something. It's also got a um, Wedbush put a buy rating on it before, coincidentally, before. I think it was <laughs> Wedbush. Nice, yeah, the great nice, time. Nice call, Wedbush. Coincidentally, like right before. So great call by, or lucky call, whatever you want to call it, by Wedbush. I'm very, I, I don't know. I, I'm just going to not comment on this at all because this, all right. I could see it selling off. I could also see it having some follow through. I think when we look back at it in a couple of weeks, I think it's probably lower if the market continues to drift lower. But it's tough to call this one just short term because it's a really good headline. It's what the, the, the company needed. Yeah. But we're in a market environment where there's just no follow through. Uh, Mateo asked if I'm adding. No, I, I'm not going to add it down here just for the reason, for the sole purpose of I trying to make a habit of not adding to losers uh of which this is a loser for me because my cost basis is it's like twenty dollars um so i'm down you know six bucks here right now um but you know maybe maybe if we get to like the the mid or high teens or i get back to my cost basis perhaps but uh that that's you know we're talking a a 50 percent rally from here um so uh no i'm not going to add more but but i'm i'm not selling because this was always the thesis so thesis intact price action be damned you know what I mean? Um, in the short term, if the stock would do what it wants, uh, just as stocks can go higher off of nothing uh, or they can go higher off of seemingly bad news, they can go lower off of seemingly good news. It's all about whatever market you're in. We're in the kind of market where rips are sold. Growth is out of favor. Yeah. So I'm not I, I'm not going to be sweating SoFi back at 12 in three days if that's the case, right? Because I could easily that's I could easily see that scenario. Um, yeah. We're just I, not in the American environment to chase stocks, and sure. people who are chasing more often than not, you're going to lose. And this maybe in this one instance, it's going to make money. Maybe it's going to go to 15 or 16. It's not a clean setup to just say short it because it's yeah. bag holders above it. But For sure, if if I was flipping a coin ten times on this, I think seven of them probably gives it back. So I it's it, it I, I'm I'm leaving I'm leaving this one. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Leaving it alone. Really, for and for anyone that is like underwater in SoFi today, it really should be a massive sigh of relief because this is the headline that we've again we've been waiting for this for over a year. It's not easy to sit on a loser for over a year. So, um, anyway, well, I mean, all these storied stocks, you know, we just go through them all. Let's just you know start calling it out here for what it is. I mean, all of these bloody storied stocks that were in social media, Reddit. (sighs) Um, you know, the majority of these stocks are yeah. down significantly from the highs. And yeah. why? Because the majority of these stocks, I mean, it was short squeezes. You know why stocks have a high short interest? Because they're crappy companies. <laughs> and in the long run, fundamentals reconnect with price. And that's why you're seeing all of these stocks just destroyed. It's like, oh, we're going to squeeze them over here and squeeze them over there. Well, you know who got squeezed? The longs got squeezed. And it was deserved because... It, it, it comes back to fundamentals. And if you're sticking something in your long-term portfolio and you're still seeing on literally on Mad Money, there's a caller once a week that calls Jim Cramer about AMC saying, well, the short interest is so high, they got to squeeze them eventually. <laughs> it, you got squeezed, buddy. You got squeezed on AMC. Sorry. Sorry to say it, but it, 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 you know, it didn't work out. 
and it's probably not, you know, it's had short squeezes. Those short squeezes have occurred. You know, we've seen, seen short squeezes from 10 to 70, from 50, you know, back to 60. And then from recently, from 25 to 30, it's been short squeezes all along. Those are the selling opportunities. But in the long run, valuation matters. And in the long run, people got hurt because they didn't respect valuation. And I think people lose sight of the fact that on and in any given day, any given moment, on any given stock, there are is there are hundreds of forces at work. And some forces can sometimes, you know, supersede the rest, right? And set and for so on the short squeeze in AMC last year, short interest ruled the day. Right. But there are other things at play that short interest can take a back seat for a while. Right. Fundamentals can come into play. Technicals can come into play. For sure. Uh, heck, uh, order flow can come into play. Right. Like there's there's a bajillion other factors at play here. Anyone that's married to short interest as your guide for what a stock has to do, I think, is, you know, we talk about not marrying a stock. Don't marry an indicator. Don't marry a, a, a great a, point. Don't marry a number. You know what I mean? Like there's there's hundreds of them out there. Yeah. <laughs> there's a time and a place to play short squeezes. And there was multiple times last year. This is not the market where everything is getting squeezed. And maybe they're gonna squeeze them again. We are oversold in some of these names. There is short squeezes all the time. There are short squeezes every day. But right now, the play has been selling the rips. It has been working better than buy the dip has ever worked in a long time. Selling the rip has worked so well. And I know people are scared to short stocks. People are like, you know, just fundamentally, there's a lot of people think it's flat out on American. It keeps pricing efficient. There is a purpose to short selling and it, it minimizes bubbles. It keeps pricing efficient. It is why AMC went up as hard as it did. It is why GME went from uh, 10 to 400. The reason why was not because of short sellers. It was the lack of short sellers that allowed that to happen. The lack of people willing to short the stock. You know, Citron, Andrew Lepp, one of the most, you know, pronounced short sellers out there. You know, he puts reports out, you know, before. He backed off from short selling and you lost all his liquidity. You lost all those people that are saying, I'm not shorting GME because it could just rip my face off and it's not connected to fundamentals. If we were in normalized markets, you'd be like, yeah, I'll short that all day because that is stupid. So that's why you have bag holders from 400 to 300 to 200. The lack of shorting caused that. Shorting would have kept it in line, but we spooked the shorts so bad that they all ran away. I ran away too. So, I wasn't willing to short it. Andrew Left ran away. Multiple what, people ran what away. What you're saying is the system won. In the and, long run, the system and the retail wins, traders but in the short lost. run, system but in the short run, the system was flawed because we spooked all the shorts away and allowed That's the prices to just go crazy. I'm so now you have people thinking it's going to a thousand or two thousand or five thousand pipe dream, and you, you know, now it's system. back at a hundred and it's probably going a hell of a lot lower. You fight yeah. the system. I've always learned it since I was in the school. You don't win. You can only win for so long. Yeah, you can only win in the short run. It's true. It's true, Mitch. And fundamentals, if you're fighting valuation and, you know, in the in the short run, it, it you can win for sure. In the long run, if you're sticking these stocks that are trading at ridiculous valuations in your long-term portfolio, eventually they reconnect and you lose. It's almost a guarantee that eventually you lose on that. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to just be trading. You can trade anything. 
don't get caught bag holding something like a GME from 300 to 200 to 100, hoping for a short squeeze to bail you out. Because it'll be a short squeeze. It'll go to 100 to 120. Huge short squeeze, 20%. Is it going back to 400, 300? Probably not. I know we can know in this market, we can never say never because this market will surprise you. But a lot of these stocks probably not coming back. Uh, and so I'm probably to... getting a lot of hate mail. You're right. So, I'm probably so getting much... a lot of tweets at me right now yeah. for hating. But this is a reality check. Yeah. It's a reality check and it's needed because we want to teach traders what to do and what not to do in this environment. 22 years of experience. I know eventually 22 years of experience allows me not to get killed in a stock like GME. And because if I was a newer trader and I was just new to shorting, I was like, I'm going to short that. And I would have got my head ripped off. But I could recognize that this is not, you know, a stock you want to be shorting because this could get really crazy. And, and it, it did. You know, you know, it's also really hard. And the same like psychology applies to like arc. It's really hard to, to, to when when you're on the way up, it's really hard to get the idea through like the party will end because nobody wants to think about the party ending when you're on the way up. Right. No. I remember like summer of 2020 and I was riding the arc wave too. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I bought it early, earlier that year and yeah. it was great. And but in the back of my mind, I knew like this party is I don't know when it's going to end, but it's going to end. Right. And like it's but it's so hard to like say, hey, you need to like think about what's going to happen here when the party does end. You need to like have some sort of a plan, whether your plan is I'm not going to sell because this is a small piece of my portfolio and I know what I'm in for. Or my plan is I'm going to sell at this number or this or this percent loss or, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's really hard when when the party is raging. It's really hard to say to be the Debbie Downer and say, look, the party is ending so eventually. Right. And, uh, and the party is probably not like people are hoping for a kickback, you know, like, you know, they're hoping for another party. They're hoping yeah. and there's going to be little short squeeze parties and there's going to yeah. be opportunities to squeeze shorts. For but sure. right now we're in a long squeeze party. We are squeezing longs. We are squeezing everybody who's hodling all this stuff that's trading yeah. at crazy valuations. We're squeezing Kathy Wood. And let's see, you know, we know just as much like Karen Feiner was saying, it's like a pendulum. As much as it got stupid on the one side. Don't kid yourself. It can get really stupid on the downside, too. And maybe that's where your long-term opportunity comes in. But right now, I feel like the pendulum swung on all these growth stocks to ridiculous valuations. We're come back in, but we're maybe not even in the middle yet. And don't kid yourself. The pendulum could swing the other way. And I would not be surprised if a lot of stocks that are growthy stocks end up looking like Clover. Bring up CLOV. Uh, yeah, dis disaster. This is just your disaster of disasters. Um, you know, here's a stock that was a storied stock. Everybody talking about, obviously, Shoth and the whole thing. And we were squeezing the shorts. And they squeezed the shorts. Don't kid yourself. The short squeeze happened. In June of 2021, this epic. thing went epic. from $8 to $28 in two days. It was the most epic of short squeezes. That is a short squeeze of all short squeezes. That's like textbook stuff looking at, you know, like to an extreme. Now, but if you didn't get out when the getting was good, didn't get out, sell your peanuts while the circus in, is in town, like Harlan Pyan says. If you didn't do that, now you're looking at this at $2 and thinking, well, eventually it'll go back to 28 In uh, all likelihood, eventually, it might just continue to go lower. You know, stocks that go from 28 to 2 usually don't go back to 28 There's going to be the odd case that it might. But, I mean, a lot of these growthy names don't kid yourself, may eventually look like this because not all these stories are going to work out. Uh, so on, a few people in the chat mentioned DWAC. Uh, first of all, DWAC is not a short squeeze because the short interest isn't, isn't high at all. It's People it's are scared like, of that. 
Um, it said 12% short float. That's, that's, that's very reasonable. I don't know why it's going up. Full disclosure, I did take a flyer on the stock at like, like 3.40 p.m. yesterday. You're trading live on the show? Yeah, yeah, because Joel's gone, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I would have smacked your hand by that, D-Wack. But you know what? Here you are. You're making some money. <laughs> so I'm in from 88. I, I, I actually, my stop almost got filled at like 3.59 yesterday, like a minute before they open or the close. But uh, uh, anyway, so uh, I, I have a very small position uh, flyer on this one. You know, I'm in from $88. I Yes, I'm chasing it. I'm doing everything wrong. But I've got a tight stop, and I'm okay with losing some money on this. But I'm, I'm. Well, you're doing everything right. The price is moving up for you here. What price did you buy that? Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. So you're ninety-two here now. So I think there's room to a hundred on this. I will say that in the charts, I would think psychological resistance comes in. Um, I'm not coming in for the last eight bucks because it was with fifty dollars. So this is that is definitely is the definition of chasing. Up six, but it's working for you. And there is room to 100. And there's a time and place where you can break rules and you can do some chasing. Just You can do anything you want as long as you have a tight stop. And, you know, in this market, I've been saying, you know, it's hard to have tight stops because you stop down on everything. So you got to just almost have them a little bit wider. But you can put on any trade as long as you know where your out is. I don't care what you do. But when, you know, if you're squeezing the hell out of all the shorts, that's fine. But have your out. You know where the trade is like saying, okay, I'm going to admit I'm wrong at this point, and I'm not going to bag hold, you know, GME from 400 down to 100. So have yourself, you're out. So put on any trade as long as you have an out. So, yeah, just to walk in with you, my logic, my thinking was, as far as that out is concerned, my thinking was, uh, all right, like I, I bought this around, let's go to a one minute chart uh, just to get, get some clarity. Uh, so I bought it around. Uh, probably somewhere around here in this general area. And my thinking was like at the time, the VWAP was like 81 or something like that. And I thought, all right, that's, that, that, that's a reasonable spot. Um, so I, so I, I dropped the, uh, the, the, the limit order in, uh, in there around the, in the $81 area. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, you know, we're at, whatever at 93 now. So I, I'm thinking it probably goes to a hundred. And I think there's room to a hundred. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm I've got a target of 100, I know it'll thicken up around like 98, 99. So if I like really had a target of 100, I'd probably go like 98 and a half, maybe 99, because I know it's going to start to thicken up when you get in the 99s. And you, to tick that 100, if there may even be some size there, sometimes tough to do. So I usually get a little bit before it. Yeah. It's like even when I'm selling at the point, I'm usually selling in the 90s. I don't want to wait till right. the point because the point right. is the next point where it takes it out. And sometimes there's some institutional offers there. Sometimes it's just, you know, those whole number theories. Sometimes optionality that holds it back. <laughs> Get ahead of that. And so someone asked what happens when DWAC becomes operational. I will not be around for that, okay? I'm going to be a long guy by the time that happens. So don't don't you worry. Uh, let, let's move on to, like, actual – like, let's go back to the, the schedule for the day and let's move on to, like, actual uh, – company like or companies that have like real revenue here uh we have some earnings this morning uh morgan stanley is out bank america is out let's look at their numbers real quick in the news feed on benzinger pro morgan stanley their eps came in above estimates their sales came in a smidge on the light side uh and then bank america will do at the same time uh bank america eps beat uh sales uh, uh came in a little bit uh light as well so let's go to the charts we can look at BAC and Morgan Stanley together. Hey, you know, it's almost it's almost as if the bank stocks got overdone the last few days. It's almost as if the bar was set really low for Bank America and Morgan Stanley. Look at that. Yeah. I, if I'm Goldman Sachs, 
next quarter, I'm reporting after Morgan Stanley. That's <laughs> what I'm doing because never want to be the first to report. If you're going to disappoint, you want to be the second to report. Right. So, and this is what's happened here. The bar is set very low for Morgan Stanley Bank America. They weren't fantastic reports, uh, but they sold off so far. Morgan Stanley, I mean, look at what it got absolutely hammered. First, JP Morgan, it then it got Goldman sacked. And now, obviously, you know, it's bouncing back on its own report because they just overdid it. You know, they're expecting the worst, and it wasn't the worst. It wasn't, no. it was okay. The revenue missed, but it wasn't as bad as GS. So that's why it's round. It's a little bit of a relief pop. Right. Bank of America, it's the exact same thing, right? Uh, so, and, and you know, out of curiosity, how are the other ones doing? JP Morgan, kind of quiet, Goldman Sachs. Yeah, they were already reported, so they're not going right. to have the big, you know, oomph. oh, Morgan Stanley did really good. Goldman's got to do good. Oh, no, Goldman already reported. So you're always in Paris traders, lesson for you, because people just pair stuff up in relationships. Yeah. If your company has already reported, the response to the pair, the second one reporting is going to be muted, meaning it's not going to have much response. Little response, not much. For the simple reason is that we already know the earnings on that. So when you're pairing up, you know, you see like FedEx report. Okay, well, now UPS will lift big time because we're expecting higher report from UPS. But if they're the second report, we already know the report. So you got to be aware of that relationship as well, that if you've already, you know, know the peers' numbers, the peer probably isn't going to respond as much to that, to the, the other yeah, ones report yeah. so dennis I, I would love if you can help t- help talk me through like a like a buy the dip in the banks here because i kind of want to you know? i want it too but i mean you're catching a falling knife and here's the problem i bought a couple stocks yesterday i was like i'm gonna nibble into a couple stocks you know in the long term couple reopening stocks they just mass they just hammered everything yesterday so I mean, we're in this market, and you really look at it. Look at SPY on a long-term chart. It's really tough right now. I mean, we've been in this long, long-term trend, but here we are. You know, we're teetering again, and again, we're in this rising interest rate environment, which historically is not good for stocks. I know you can take a 2018 example, you know, and we where we went up 50 basis points, but I mean, we don't look healthy. So it, and maybe it's just going to turn around and we'll look healthy again here, but the risk is higher right now. The risk is higher just to be trying to call the dip and call the bottom on a GS. I mean, I'd rather just sit with, you know, a lot of cash right now until I start seeing some trends break to the upside, until I start seeing some stabilization. You know, give me an out, but trying to catch that falling knife on GS and JP Morgan just cut my hand on it. I mean, both these stocks, I like JP Morgan. I thought when it pulled back to 160, I thought, well, you know, me that's too. actually maybe some value. But I didn't pull the trigger because I'm the, the catching the falling knife thing. I'm like, I don't want to be the person to just call the bottom, though, because I always get hurt when I do that. Yeah. And then I've lost another 10 bucks. So I'm like, you're trying to be a hero again, saying, okay, well, that's at a 150. And you do have a low, 150.49 back on September the 20th, 150.54. That's good news. So 150 and a half, you have a level now. So I'm saying if you're buying at 152, stop yourself out if it starts going below 150. But again, their bag holders are caught here. It's not that easy for these things to bounce back because everybody that bought it at 160 is hoping to get back to 160. Everybody that bought it at 157 two days ago, please let it get back to 157. Everybody that bought it at 155 yesterday, please let it get back to 155. They're all sellers. It's all willing sellers. Overhead supply. That's probably going to keep a short-term lid on it. Yep. Yeah. So I'm with you. As, as much as I like talked about it, thought about it, I didn't actually pull the trigger on anything. Uh, but... I, I, again, it's nothing like price to change sentiment. A few weeks ago, I you know had the FOMO in in the banks, and it's a different story now. So, um, 
anyway. I still have FOMO and a lot of things. We all have FOMO. I look at, you know, the cash. And I've been saying I've been running 30, 35% cash here right now. There's a bit of FOMO there. A lot of cash. It's like, well, we've been coming in, coming in, coming in. Should I put some of it to work? There's, you know, you got like multiple things going on in your heads. Remember that show Herman's head? And he's like, you know, you're probably too young for that one. But Sorry. it was like four different, you know, people in his head telling him stuff all the time. And, you know, it's different things. Okay. Anyways, I feel like I got three, four people. There's always somebody that's saying, buy the dip. There's always that person saying, buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. You know, it never leaves. But then you've got, you know, logic over here saying, well, what are you doing? You know, like, okay, you buy the dip, but you're catching that falling knife. You're going to get hurt. And the anxiety guy says, don't touch anything. We're in a free fall here. So, I mean, there's different people in your head all the time. Can you, so, you've got to control please. it. You've got to make rational decisions, but you got to go back to your principles here. And catching falling knives, yeah. trying to call bottoms. These are all good ways to lose money in bear markets. And don't kid yourself, we are in a bear market. The IWM has been in a bear market for a while. All the Kathy Woodstocks in a bear market. The average stock is down 25% from the highs. Um, you can see the indices and SPY up, uh, only down 5%, but don't get fooled. This has been a bear market for a while here now. There's a few stocks that are some bull markets, but the average stock is in a bear market right now. And in that type of market environment, you got to be more cautious. Can we just keep the pop culture references to this millennium? Uh, <laughs> they, nobody knows Herman's head. There's no, a few people. I, I, here, I, I, I had to look it up. It was a sitcom from the early 90s. So it was awesome. It was just a little bit before my time that I was watching sitcoms. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I was alive. But uh, I'm stuck uh, back in like the 80s and the 90s. Not watching Those TV. Are, I know. I, that's where I like. That's my happy place. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. It's 8.33. We're going to have Rocky Horner join us in a couple minutes here. She has thoughts on the choppy market that we're in and, and how she's trading it. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, let me make sure. Oh, yeah. There was Procter Gamble also reporting this morning. Let's go to that chart real fast. Uh, I know the conference call is happening right now. Yeah, uh, P&G, EPS, beat by pennies, sales beat as well. Um, they gave some EPS guidance for the year that was it looks light interesting okay doesn't look so, great to me well uh what is the chart doing let's go to a 15 minute chart oh it's very choppy uh this morning so not much to say from that let's zoom out to the daily and take a look at that i like that but we'll go back to the the this morning's chart though because twice it looks like it popped tried to pop up to like the 160 area and getting rejected which is where it should get rejected because that's yeah. where you're going to have the resistance from the last couple of days it's where it broke down from so it's holding technically for a nice setup actually on the short side so I'd say if I'm shorting the stock, you know, on the 159s, I'm stopping myself out above those highs around, you know, above 160. I'd probably get myself to the high from two days ago, 160.49. So you're risking about a buck here. Just saying maybe, you know, it comes in and maybe this gives it back. I would be more inclined to short the stock than to buy it. Okay. On the daily, though, you know, there are many charts that look a lot worse than that. So for the P&G daily, as my chart just died on me. But um uh, anyway, we talked about we talk about staples outperforming right as they have been relative to technology. Um, so uh, we'll see how that stock plays out today. But it's been it's been a strong it's been a strong stock. It's been a strong sector, right? Um, uh, again, at least relative to technology in, in, in the past couple of months here. But uh, it is eight thirty five. Let's bring on today's guest, Roggy Horner. She's the managing director of futures at Simpler Trading. She also runs the website CountdownTrader.com. Ragi, good morning. Welcome to the jungle. How are we doing? Hey, great to have you. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I was reading your site uh, the other day, and you were uh, talking about what we were talking about, which is choppy market, right? Mm -hmm. And and so I would love your thoughts on on how to go about trading the kind of market that we've been in, which is just up, down, up, down all the time. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I love the discussion that y'all were just having about staples and financials and buy the dip versus, you know, where we are now and whether it's FOMO, awesome stuff. I hope people are listening in because this is the psychology. And I do remember Herman's head, my friend. Oh, nice. Wow, you got my back. <laughs> I, and, and that is such a, oh my gosh, that's such a great analogy for the committee in the back of our head right now looking at this market. So my experience, and I think both of you have seen this before. In chop, we can't play the rising tides. You know, if the markets are trending, we can go pretty much broadly into everything bullish. I think it's more right. effective to be long indices, to be effective, the, the sectors in a broad way, take advantage of everything, bet on all the horses, right? In this environment, to your point, we've got to get so granular. You know, I look at staples right now. There's a few corners of financials, the, the stocks that we have earnings in the rearview mirror already. We're down to more minor, lower-weighted financial stocks. I'm starting to look at financials, but not broadly. I've got to pick those outperformers. So yeah. I agree with what you all were saying, which is we've got to ignore the chatter in our head, and we've got to focus on those relative outperformers. Very small pool, receding pool of bullish opportunity. But I think there's still some out there. So let's or, see. Where are you looking? Like energy. Sectors? Energy, right? Energy. Energy. And that's it. <laughs> Energy's been hot. Energy's been smart. But, you know, what else is going to go higher in an inflation market? I love regional banks. They're in fuego right now. So we saw basically XLF, the financials, get punched in the face yesterday. But KRE was just, "Eh, that's no thing. So I like the regional banks. They do well in a strong dollar. I know the dollar had a little bit of a wobble last week. I still like dollar UUP. But uh, energy, absolutely. Crude oil, whether you want to play the micro, the mini crude futures, or you want to go USO ETF, six of one half dozen the other, choose your own adventure. Uh, I like crude oil as well. And for the first time since energy XLE OIH took off, crude oil is actually playing catch up to that, which is kind of unusual. So yeah, I think there's a couple good places out there. That's I'm with you on, um, you know, XLP looks pretty interesting to me too. Uh, XLE, XLP. Let's, you know, let's crack those ETFs open and find out if there's some relative outperforming stocks within them. Even I mean, in healthcare, hiding money has been hiding in XLP here for a while. It's been hiding in value for a while because it's just been getting trashed and anything growth related. The question is, do they eventually, if they continue to hit, you know, this growth, these stocks, do they eventually start hitting the hiding places too? That's what I'm concerned about. I wonder if at some point we haven't seen any real sector rotation in two years. Why rotate out anything right now that isn't related to tech? I'm I'm actually looking at the dumpster fires right now. 
very long time horizon. Yeah. I'm just wondering at what point with inflation do we start looking at moo, you know, agribusiness? Uh, I'm already looking at things like deer, uh, archer, Daniel Midland, uh, even maybe cat. So, you know, where are those dumpster fires that when everyone looks around and says, yeah, I don't want to buy tech up here. I may not want to buy cloud or sky or SMH. Gosh, maybe tan is starting to look good. You know, you don't know at what point some of these dumpster fires are going to be favored. So I'm I mean, tan, for- holy. You think about, okay, this is the future. Solar, we got to go to clean energy. I mean, wow. Future, definitely not now. We were back in February 2021, one year ago, topping out 126. You're at $67 on tan. I mean, it's basically been cut in half. So I guess if you believe in the long-term story here, you are getting some of these storied stocks at a very big discount. When I look at the weekly, it's kind of interesting where 68's been kind of a, if you go back to April, I think of last year, we had an interesting wick down on, on 68. Not that I want to use weeklies, but I'm just trying to figure out where, I don't want to be the first in a trade. I don't want to be alone in a trade, but where are we going to start to attract a bid? Where are we going to start to see people maybe look at something and say, this makes sense from this level, maybe not for a buck 20, which is lunacy. But maybe this thing makes sense at 68. Maybe this thing makes sense at 70. And then we as traders start to say, are the patterns there? Are the readings there that make me see a setup and get me in? Uh, speaking of, of Moo, that actually reminds me of my, my very first uh, dream job. I wanted to work on a farm. Hmm. I wanted to be the CIEIO. <laughs> hey. All right, all right. We'll, we'll, I'll laugh on that one. No, 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 no. Hey, I gotta love that. Sitting on that joke for like four years. So he was waiting for the opportunity. He saw that opportunity struck. I love struck. the commitment to that. Thank you. It tells me everything I need to know about you. You're my kind of people. Love the commitment. That, right? <laughs> anyway, all right. So, okay. So, uh, back to the home market here. So, you're maybe you hide in some of the the defensive areas that, that have been outperforming relative to tech. Um, I also want to ask you about you, you have a strategy where you uh, for playing the market into your earnings. We're we're basically on we're at earnings season now, right? So, um, but I would love love for you to explain your 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 pre earnings season. Uh, and maybe into earnings season trading strategy for us? So basically, when we're going into earnings, I will tell you straight up, and I think it's so important for all of us to say, hey, this is what I'm not good at. Whatever that guesswork is within two weeks of earnings, I'm no good at that. I think that for me, being primarily a long call, long put kind of trader with the options going into earnings, the within two weeks, the implied volatility starts to favor option sellers. So I know that I don't have an edge anymore. But six weeks out, four weeks out, I find that that run into, that move into earnings, everyone jockeying for a position, uh, the whisper number starting to sway sentiment and, and trend, that's my window. So I think the first thing is, what's the best window for us? For me, I almost never hold through earnings. I find for me, it's just not a really um, uh, high probability strategy for whatever it is that I bring to the table. But that four weeks out, that six weeks out, with a two-week earning cutoff. So what's so funny is right about the time we're all talking about earnings for a particular stock. You're done. I'm done. Yeah, you're out. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. Exactly. Yeah. 
Because you have media influence. So if you're just trading purely on technicals, all of a sudden you start getting media influence in that, you know, week or two before a company reports like, oh, we're coming into bank earnings season. You know, CNBC is going to talk about it every day and that's going to get people interested. So, you know, it's obviously different, you know, plays in there. I I like to play the earnings run up because of that media, you know, talking about it. But if you're purely trading technicals, you basically want to avoid, you know, all the media influence. You know, after that Herman's head comment, I'm going to agree with everything you say today, Dennis. <laughs> but actually, I totally agree with what you just said. That media influence, the implied volatility, yeah. we're playing a completely different game. Now, the washing machine is in the spin cycle, and I don't want to deal with that. So then that would mean that you're looking at, like, uh, retail now? Because retail reports probably in the end of February slash early March. So that would fit into your window. So um is is that something that that you're looking at like the retailers like costco for example so anything like costco you know costco is actually one of the spots in xlp that i don't like i'll take coke or pepsi or even mondelez over costco walmart yeah right so only because the structure is relatively outperforming to the upside so if if we're seeing some stocks slip down the mountain some of them are just hanging in there a little bit like a mountain goat i need mountain goats you know that's what i'm looking for well, I look at XRT, and that's been pretty bearish since mid-December. I look at, you know, we're south of the 200, which is just a, you know, that equator between bullish and bearish psychology. And so what I'm going to have to do with XRT is find some relative outperformers. The problem is XRT is not uh, high concentration weighted. In other words, everything's about a percentage and change, right? Everything's about a percentage. I never know what's going to be leading the charge on a particular day. This one's tough. So until... If I have an equal weighted ETF, to, you know, to your point, I'm going to have to wait for some sort of bottoming pattern because right now it's it's rough. Now, if we do the same thing, we go daily to weekly. I'm still not at a level that I can do anything with. I don't mind to wait, right? Exactly to what you all were saying about FOMO earlier. And again, I just hope everyone caught what you all were saying between, you know, about 8:30 and 8:35, 8:25 to 8:35. Um, don't succumb to the FOMO. It's okay to sit on our hands. It's okay to say, well, frankly, this. You know, this sucks. And we wait for something better. Um, Hey, remember when uh, GameStop was the number one holding an XRT for like a hot second? It was fun. Uh, <laughs> then was... they, re- they re-weighted quarterly. So yeah. it was like, so it went up to like what? It was like 19% of the XRT yeah, at one some, time. Some got crazy. Yeah, it was, it was absurd like that. And yeah. you can actually see it on the chart. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's the GameStop. That was, that was GameStop right there. Uh, yeah, anyway, fun with uh, with ETF weightings. Um, Rocky Horner, again, uh, she has been on with us. She's the managing director of Futures at Simpler Trading. Also runs CountdownTrader.com. Uh, Rocky, since you are uh, you know, a futures um, expert here, do you have just any thoughts on, on any of the futures markets before we let you go? I've been I've been really avoiding ES and QYM. Just yeah. I'm leaving indices alone. Let's find the individual sectors. I do like the way crude oil looks. I like the way RBOB looks. Um, I, I don't want to abandon the US dollar, but a better way to play that rather than getting long dollar, which is that basket, let's short euro. You know, I still like the idea of euro struggling under a, a tightening cycle here in the US. And so that's kind of where my head is at right now. It's, like I said, it's a receding pool. Of opportunity, it's so difficult to shut down the we get to trade everything mode. To hey, we have to be yep. so much more discerning. I did wear this t- for you all today. What? Yes, Time in hand. Bitcoin. Nice. Bitcoin. <laughs> You're not selling your Bitcoin, Rocky, right? Oh gosh. So we talked about time horizon. Yes. You know, we have our trader time horizon. I think some of the opportunities, whether it be Moo or Tan, that might be 
four months out. That might be a longer time horizon. This it's a completely different game. And I think when people don't accept time horizon, they don't understand the game they're playing, it's going to burn them. But that applies to everything we do. So it's for you yes. guys today. Yes. Last time you were on, you told us that you bought Bitcoin like a long time ago. She's in it forever. She's a hodler. Yeah. I'm 16. 16 because I got Holy. very lucky. Yeah. Uh, my nephew said they're confiscating what was the price in India. Then? Oh, gosh. My, cat, my, my cost basis. I'm going to sound like a jerk when I say it. Yeah, you are, but that's okay. We want to hear it. Um, it's under five hundred dollars. Hey, look at that! <laughs> there you go. That's a that's... holding works. <laughs> Amazing. No, I told you all last time. Just sometimes it's okay to say it's dumb luck. Then once it's interesting, once you have some, you know, stake in the game, then I started to do some research. Then I started to read a lot of books and say, oh, what have I got here? And but I've got Litecoin too. I've got a lot of other coins. Litecoin. I just have a. I've got some crazy stuff. I bought a lot of stuff back in 16. Bitcoin just happened to be the one I bought the most of because it's sort of the reserve currency, you know, to use a Forex parlance of the uh, awesome of our world awesome. here. Uh, so people in chat asking for uh, Roggy's Twitter handle. I put it in chat. It's at her name, at Roggy Horner. Uh, yes. Definitely check her out there. Uh, Roggy, uh, always a pleasure. We love talking to you. Uh, have a great rest of the week, and, uh, and, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you both. Look, she, she, she counteracts you, Dennis. Oh, I'm going to sell my Bitcoin today. No. Nope. Yeah, she does. Totally. Nope. <laughs> Not going to happen with Rocky. Awesome. We love Rocky. She's I got too much short-termism in me. She's the great. She's the greatest. All right. Uh, it is 848 here. I, I did, I've been writing down tickers as I see them in the chat, so I, I, I caught a few of them. Uh, someone asked about QB, which is a bank, C-U-B-I. Uh, bring up that chart real fast. The, uh, regional bank, right? Customers Bank Corp. Um, oh, wow. I'm gonna tell you. Wow. I, heard, I, I don't know if I've ever traded it. That's old. Is that is that an old? Let's go to a monthly. That's an. I mean, whoa! the regional banks have been moving though. They've been unbelievable. So yeah. I gotta add this one to my universe. I don't even have it in my universe here. That's oh. bad that I don't have this in my universe because it's fairly liquid too. Gotta add it to my universe. CUBI. Yeah, I mean, it's a great chart. I guess if, yeah. Joel, if Joel were here, he would point you to the quad, that quad top right there, right? We got a series wow. of poses in the same area, but like. We're, we're splitting hairs at, at the all-time high, right? Yeah. So um, that's a great-looking chart. And then somebody else asked about SBEV, Splash Beverage, lower price stock, low float. I, I think it's a low float. What's the float here? Yeah, 25 million shares. Uh, this, Great, be, this is a Reddit stock, social media pump I, here. I, I think, Dennis, I think blindly assigning a stock to social media is – unwise um just because it probably is just because it's making a uh <laughs> a crazy move does it not looks mean, like a social media stock <laughs> it does not mean it has to be a stock on a reddit i bet you 90 percent of the time i guess right though that this has been driven by some social media account i i cra crazy moves existed before wall street bets if you can they did it. if you but can. a lot of them are attributed you got to give reddit credit you got to give uh you know social media credit because they move stocks man here, look at this. Oh, actually, this is a headline that Benzinga broke. I didn't even realize. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on with you. Uh, an, an hour, 20 minutes ago, we broke uh, the headline that they uh, signed a deal. Uh, what does it Kroger. say? Uh, with, it a, with a division of, of, of Kroger, uh, Ralph's Grocery Stores. Um, so this is a, a distribution deal for, for the company. So that's – and we had that. So you see this in red and Benzinga Pro. That means that we had it first. I mean, it says exclusive on it, right? But, like, we had this headline first. Okay, so if you saw this in our platform at 7.30 this morning, uh, you can actually see – let's go to a one-minute one chart. You can actually see when the it, the spike happened, like, on that headline. So 
uh, our headline moved this stock or this this news moved this stock today. So um, as far as trading it here, you've got a pre-market high to lean on. Man, you're near uh, all-time highs on this. So I don't short stocks making new all-time highs, but I don't buy not, two no, or $3 stocks either. No, you're not, Dennis. The all-time high is like 15 so, well, was there a reorg or something? Because my chart doesn't go back that far. My chart only goes into June of 2021. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So I'm not sure. And I'm oh, not, there, there, there was a big old gap down there. So something happened there. Happened so, there. and in any case, uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would lean on your pre-market high, your pre-market low, and your opening price as, as, as your bogeys, right? And remember, five dollars is always a big psychological level for stocks. The first time getting up there, so I know nothing about the company. I know nothing about the story. I don't know nothing about you know what the deal is here. I just know when a stock gets from three to five, they struggle at five for the first time usually. So let's see what it does at five. So that would be your first level of resistance. Doesn't necessarily have to stop there. But, you know, we just, we're always living in the percentages as traders and mm -hmm. not the absolutes. And there's a chance or, you know, a probability that five is going to be a first struggle point here. Um, and then just a couple of things uh, that I want to hit on quickly and then we'll go back to the chat is uh, I saw this headline out of Ford that Ford is going to book an eight, over an $8 billion gain on, on, on their Rivian. Investment. So they're selling the steak or they selling the steak or just selling a piece of the steak? Well, they... They, they noted that as far as their next earnings report, right, is like their their earnings report is going to have some really funky adjustments because they of, of this eight billion dollars. So I think they, they already sold it. I think is the point. Um, but it, it just goes to show, like, like, like who are the insiders, right? It's it's anyone that bought the thing pre-IPO, right? Uh, nobody who bought Rivian on the public markets and has held. Oh, it's it, an all-time low. Right. Nobody's up money if you've held Rivian this long. Right. Uh, and you bought out the IPO. Um, but Ford, they're the insiders here. Right. So, you know, props to them. You know, if you own Ford, you're, you're benefiting in some way from this. Um, but it just goes to show um, how not optimal the IPO process can be for people that are buying, you know, the stock after the it, it really goes to show, you know, why does a company IPO? They do it for liquidity. They do it for an exit. Uh and a lot of times there's big sellers into that. They make all the money at the expense of the public markets here. So um, I'm still on Ford. My thoughts on Rivian, I always say the same thing. Stocks making new all-time lows. You got to go. I'm not buying a stock that just made a new all-time low yesterday. I'm not going to be a hero. Yeah. Uh, Matt Miller wants to know if calls in USO are a good idea. I, I guess never buy calls. I hardly ever buy calls. Very, very, very rarely because you just get dinged. The time premiums kill you. Um, and if you're going to do it, do a, <clears throat> do some type of spread or something to bring some premium back in. Um, if I'm bullish, I might buy it. I mean, USO has been hot for a while. It's overbought now, though, is the whole issue. Um, it's the only thing that's moving up in this market. Oh, it's funny. Um, it, it's moving counter to the market to a certain extent, too. If you start to see some of the technology stocks start to buy, they'll start selling off the USO. So, again, we're just in this market environment where that's the only thing that is really working consistently right now, and traders are flocking there. So yeah. it's a crowded long right now. I think you're late to the party if you're buying USO. Yeah. I haven't looked at Ford all week, actually. Let me be honest with you. Where are we at? It's Holding up. We're hanging out. Yeah. I'm still in it. Haven't sold any. Um, I don't know. I Kramer sold some. I Part of me wants to sell some. I'm up, I mean, we're up from $7, like a 200%er. I don't even know what that is, 724. Wow. More than 200%. It's a big gain. Yeah. So, you know, I might get greedy here at this point in time, maybe. Um, but I don't think the valuation's crazy yet. So I got to stick with some stocks. 
right? <laughs> yeah, you, 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 can't you can't sell, sell every, everything. You can't sell all of it, Dennis. That would be ridiculous. I guess it can, but you know that's a bold call too. <laughs> the only time I did that, the majority of my portfolio was in February of 2020. I know when we were launching so much social media. I was like, "This is coming. This is coming," and I was buying puts on the long-term portfolio, which I never do. You know, but I was way early on that. I was a month and a half early on that. I had to reload. All those puts expired worthless. I had to reload on them all. But I didn't if, even do if, that great. If, if you guys want to, you know, if you have some time, I recommend go back and listen to our shows from February 2020. Dennis was... Every single show I was predicting the zombie Dennis apocalypse. Was, was, <laughs> it, it, yeah, Dennis was freaking out. Like, he was freaking out. out. And it got to a point where, because he was, like, early... People like the people in our chat were like, Dennis, like, shut up, man. And, like every day you're freaking out. You're freaking yeah. out. And, and he hedged his entire portfolio. And I haven't done that in years. I was I even loaded up my pantry. I was like, you he, know, was, he didn't know what was coming. Yeah. And then and nothing happened in the forever US, in the U.S. Well, not forever. It took a month, but like a month, over a month. That's a long time when you're predicting the end of the world. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Anyway, it's a long uh, time. I'm like, I'm going to be wrong on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and also, uh, I, I love your thoughts here. Dennis it was me Mark. and Chris Camilo. We were the two that were and there was a couple other patchy people that were predicting the end of the world. Apparently, yeah. some of the some of the uh, <laughs> government. <laughs> employees yeah, right. or government workers or two but funny, i don't know it's funny how that works you know, out uh, okay Dennis. timing is everything the whole all my puts on all my airlines and cruise lines all the whole round all first expired worthless i had to reload them all yeah. and i actually didn't reload you know um even some of the uh airline ones i didn't so i didn't even time that well but i basically was worried and i hedged you know the majority of my portfolio by buying puts i sold a pile of stocks i raised up i think i was 50 percent cash at that point, it's the highest cash component wow. I've been in years. Wow. And I was just very worried. I was, you know, very worried about the sell-off. And it came. The problem was I never got back in quick enough. So I was very late to get back in. Very difficult. And, um, you know, that was an issue. Dennis, I want to love your thoughts here on Activision, on the spread here. This is a very large spread. Uh, so yeah. the, the takeover price on ATVI yeah. is $95. Yeah. Uh, we saw it yesterday in the pre-market. It was, it was around 93 92 uh, where did we open at yesterday? We opened at uh, 86. Wow. Yeah. And now we're at 82. I saw various estimates throughout the day. I saw a 60% chance the deal goes through, 70% chance the deal goes through, 75% chance the deal goes through. Um, it, regardless, it is a, you don't often see spreads this wide. Uh, a $13 spread, you know, 82 to 95, you know, that, that that's a healthy discount. Nobody knows anything. We don't know if this deal is going to go through. Those percentages are people just throwing out numbers based on what the arbitrage effects are looking because they're looking at the thing, trading with 13-point discount on an $82 stock. You know, what is that? Like an 18% discount from the takeover price? You have two things. One, the deal is not going to close till 2023. So you have the time value of money, which is something yeah. Because you got to think we're in an inflationary environment cooking at 7%. Right. Right. So you got a 7% discount, which I should have you know thought about yesterday too. You got a 7, 8% discount, even though you know like the, the interest rates. If you're looking at it from an inflationary perspective, there's 5, 6, 7% opportunity cost on sitting in that thing right now because your money's not making money elsewhere. Sure. Um, you know, so it's over that. And then there's the risk the deal doesn't go through. I think 80, I think in the mid 80s, I think if it started falling into the mid 70s, I think it's a buy um just you know from a risk reward perspective but at 82 83 85 again considering that the deal's not going to close for over a year if it closes and there is a risk here um you know i i, I personally think the 
that this deal will get pushed through because I don't know how you say like I you know monopolized. There's a lot of video games out there. You know, all of a sudden, you know, like Microsoft and Activision, it's antitrust issues. Oh, yeah. you know, you got EA, Take Two, you got all the smaller and, and ones, actually, you got Roblox. I mean, well, what they're going to argue is it's not even video games; it's the entire entertainment um, uh, ecosystem, right? So, so oh, you're, you're talking social media, you're talking Netflix, because Activision competes with Netflix; they compete for our attention. Right, and that's yeah. the same thing that Amazon uh, argues in their antitrust stuff is like we're competing against every retailer in the world, right? And we, when you think about it like that, we've got a small piece of the pie. So um, anyway, that's what they're going to argue, um, and we'll see how that goes. And then Sony- I, I don't think they're. I, I don't think it, if if they don't approve this deal, it's setting a very dangerous precedent because I don't see how with this many count companies out there and you know entertainment and, and so many options here i can't see the argument here but you know i haven't thought about it for more than a few minutes i so um are obviously the risk arbs think there's some risk but again think about five six seven percent discount for the time value of money which brings you to like 90 and, and right in there maybe 91 and then they're rocking off another nine bucks on the risk of the of the deal not going through at a certain point you get down to like mid 70s it's it's probably a you know a, a better opportunity a283 it, I, I don't think there's a hell of a lot of downside here in the immediate term so i i don't know if i'm jumping in right at a2 though and then sony here down another four dollars this morning and this um you know, in a in a, in a different market, I would say this is silly. You buy this dip, but in this market, who the heck even knows? No, who knows, um, right? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I now we're talking stock that's down. You know, in the last three weeks, you, you're you're down. You've lost, you know, twenty dollars, right? Uh, here, so. But you got to put it in perspective, and we've had been on a hell of a run for Sony for a long time. So yeah. a little bit market effects here too. You know, hitting it yesterday. Again, remember when the U.S. is pricing Sony during the day yesterday and hitting it off of the Activision deal, we don't have an open market in Asia yet. So the Asian markets never opened until 7 o'clock last night, and they decided to hit it harder. Yeah. So, I mean, you're in the and, secondary and then now, market. And then now really. this morning, we're playing catch up to them. Yes. They were playing catch up to us, and now we're playing catch up to them. Yeah, that's why it's down four here, because right. there was t- trading down last night in Asia, and this is where it went down to. So, we're, yes. you know, U.S. markets are kind of guessing how much they're going to hit Sony on this. They were hitting a lot of, you know, obviously, you know, off this Microsoft Activision deal. But then you had an overall market sell-off yesterday, too. So, I was going to put effects on it. So, you have 111, 110. I don't know. If you want to try to catch the falling knife, I think this, you know, 105-ish is a better level. But I am in it. it, it you're in no. a market environment where buying the dip is not working that great right now. No, it's not. Uh, all right, it's nine oh one. We're women over. We got to wrap. Um, Dennis, uh, uh, always always a pleasure hanging out. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow. Uh, we got to hot because our next show starting in a few minutes here. Live trading with Benzinga. Everyone, if you haven't checked out Benzinga Pro, it's the platform that's been up on the screen with you throughout this show. You really should check it out. At the very least. Get the free two-week trial, okay? It's pro.benzinga.com. Free for everyone for two weeks. Check it out. It's got news in real time. It's got our audio squawk. It's got an option squawk to call out unusual options activity. We've got charts. We've got calendars. We've got signals. When is the stock stock halted? When does it resume? We've got scanners. We've got movers. They also use this uh, Benzinga Pro tool on our next show. 
uh, which again, it will start in a couple of minutes. So really check that out. Pro.Benzinga.com. Cannot recommend it enough. Plus exclusive headlines, as you saw earlier, that move stocks. Um, as we were talking about with uh, with SBEV. So uh, that'll be a wrap for our show here. Thanks to Roggy Horner. Thanks to all of you in the chat. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Thanks to all of you in our chat for hanging out. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. Or I'll I'll pass your feedback on to Charles because he's our he's our head squawker and uh, he's the he, he's the best. So um, all right, live trading is going to start in a few minutes. I'm going to end this stream and it'll redirect to that show. So you don't have to do anything. I know we missed some tickers in the chat. I apologize. We'll get to those on the next show. Uh, see you guys over there. Let's go. Uh, let's go make some money. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.